In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us something to confess. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, where we jump into this Old Testament reading, this reading from uh, Exodus, is that um, it has only been a little while since the people of Israel have uh, have crossed over the Red Sea. They've got this sort of tangible memory of crossing over the Red Sea. They probably can think back in their minds and they can probably even see what it looked like when it, it says in Scripture that Moses raised his hands over the waters and that the waters parted. They probably have a real memory of that. But that memory is just far away enough that they also remember some bad stuff that has been happening. They have gotten over that Red Sea, and they are now in the midst of a wilderness. They're now in the midst of a place where there is not running water. They are in the midst of a place where there is not the food that they were used to in the land of Egypt. They're in the midst of a place where all of a sudden they are eating manna, and quail, and the only way that they can get water is through a rock that Moses strikes with his stick. It's a little bit of a mixed thing. And here they are in the midst of this wilderness, and they are being called to remember that time when God rescued them. They're being called to remember this great time that is somewhat shrouded in the recent past. Well, it's similar for the people that presented the Augsburg Confession at the Diet of Augsburg. These people that did that, it was about 1530, which means that it was about nine years since some of those people remembered Martin Luther standing up in the Diet of Worms and saying, here I stand, I can do no other. Kind of a big watershed moment. A moment that was in a lot of ways sort of like the crossing of the Red Sea. That it was a time where everybody looked back to and went, that was a great time. But Since then, there have been things that have been happening since that time. Luther had to go into hiding. He had to become good night George. He had to take on an alias. He had to hunker down and uh, and do some stuff. And during that time, there were other people that tried to slip in and try to change the direction of this Lutheran movement by implanting some weird theology that Luther never intended to be there because it wasn't theology that was really coming from the Bible. And so they had these sort of internal battles that they had had to fight all of a sudden. And in the midst of that, then they, the Lutheran reformers took a tour of the churches around Germany and they found out something that they were very distressed by, which was that most of the people in most of the churches in Germany couldn't even recite one single Bible story. And so in the midst of that time, They were trying to remember back to the good old days, but just recently it seemed like there was so much that was getting in the way of thinking back to those glory days. 
It was like they could still remember. They could still hear the echoes of Luther saying, I will not and I cannot recant. But those echoes were getting getting fainter and fainter and quieter and quieter. They realized that there was something that had to be remembered in the midst of this. How often is that the case in our lives? Where we know that there was something great that happened in our lives, happened in our lives with Christ. Maybe we look back to when we were baptized. Maybe we look back to when we were confirmed. Maybe we look back to that one special moment that we had with God when we were reading His Word. Maybe we look back to something else. Maybe we just look back to one special time of discipleship. And yet, so often, those big moments that we remember seem like they are quieted and dulled by the things that have been happening in our lives recently. Those things seem like they have been quieted and dulled with the problems of our own lives. They seem like they have been quieted and dulled with the sins that we have committed since then. And we yearn to get back to a time when we were so excited. A time when we can think back to our own Red Sea moments. When we can think back and we can go, you know what, I remember this time when God opened up this Red Sea in my life and He made the impossible possible. Or I can remember this time when God so enthused me with His Holy Spirit that I was able to stand up, perhaps even just to myself, and to say, here I stand, I can do no other, I am going to make a firm stand of faith right now. And we yearn for that time. Partially because we recognize that The time that we're living in is a time where it's not quite as easy to have that firm faith. And we're asking God to renew it. In a lot of ways, that's what we're asking God to do every Sunday morning when we come here. We say, Lord, we we want one of those moments again. We want one of those moments that feels like a rallying point. We want one of those moments that will stick out in our mind. We want one of those lines of Scripture to go with us throughout this week so that we can remember it and we can cling to it as we go through the very difficult week that we have ahead of us. And so what does that look like? Well, it starts off in the book of Exodus. It looks like this. God comes to Moses and God rehearses that history with Moses. And God says, remind the people, remind the people of what this looked like back then. Remind them of the time where I carried them as by eagle's wings from Pharaoh, from a superpower, and I destroyed and disseminated his entire superpower army with this miraculous event. Remind them of that. 
And then after that, I want you to elicit a response from them. Tell them that if they can remember that, then they will be my people. They will be my holy priesthood. They will be my royal nation. And the people respond. And the people say, we will do all of these things. Because all of a sudden, they can remember that hope. They can remember that story. They can remember the time that God saved them clearly. It's as if the past few months and weeks for the people of Israel have disappeared. They have evaporated up like the dew. And all of a sudden, they have that faith that they can cling to and they can say, we're going to do this. Now, later on, they're going to forget about it again. But at that time, they go, we can do this. We can follow you. Well, in the story of the Augsburg Confession, the way that this goes is that those early Lutherans, now with a outlaw leader who can't even join them at their big to-do, they draft up this big 28-article document. And they say, this is what it means to be a Lutheran. And what it means to be a Lutheran is to say that we have this faith. It's going to be this rallying point for us. It's going to be this rallying point because we can remember clearly the courage and the strength that we found in Scripture where we were able to look at things like the book of Romans, we were able to look at things like Jesus' own words in the gospel, and we were able to, in those things, see something that we could rally around. And so, like the people of Israel, we are going to say, this is what we believe in. This is what we're going to hold on to. And that became the Augsburg Confession, a document that they read out loud to the emperor in defiance of him for two hours. Which is, by the way, why we're not going to read it in front of you. You can check it out online for free at bookofconcord.org. But that document clearly says in the face of persecutions, in the face of problems, in the face of all kinds of things that can diminish our faith, it clings to the clear moments and says, this is what I believe. This is what I'm going to rally around. Or in the words of those early reformers, this is what I subscribe to. Because when that early document was originally presented, it was presented with a number of signatures underneath it, just like many of our founding documents here in the United States. That it was presented with all of these signatures of people that said, come Hell or high water, just about literally, these are the things that I believe. And I am going to rally around them. And I am not going to be shaken away from them. And there can be difficult things in my life. 
but I'm always going to remember that I've subscribed. Now that's a little bit different than probably what you were thinking about when I asked the question earlier, what do your subscriptions say about you? I mean, at the Winters household, our subscriptions say something about us. We uh, subscribe to um, Rolling Stone and People Magazine and Time Magazine and uh, Family Handyman Magazine. Uh, we also subscribe to uh, HBO Go, um, uh, Amazon Prime, and Netflix. That probably tells you something about who we are. What do your subscriptions say about who you are? Well, I think probably one of the more important subscriptions that you have is your subscription to a place like this. Especially if you are a member of University Lutheran. In fact, in Lutheran churches of old, we don't do this here, but in Lutheran churches of old, one of the things that people would do when they became a member was they would take a pen and underneath the Constitution, they would sign their name as people who subscribed to that church. That was supposed to say something about you. Because it was supposed to say what you clung to. In the same way that those early Lutheran reformers clung to the clarity of Scripture that they exposited in the Augsburg Confession, in the same way that the children of Israel clung to the clarity of God's rescue of them, we cling to Jesus. We cling to the Lord of this church. We cling to the gospel that is proclaimed in this church. That even when we have those days that are foggy, even when we have those days that are difficult, even when we have those days where it seems like things just aren't going our way, we can remember our subscription. We can remember, I have rallied around this God who has saved me. I have made that the important thing in my life. So that in the midst of when things get difficult, I know that I have a touchstone that I can always go back to. And that touchstone is the gospel. Is the fact that God loves me so much that he gave his only son to die on the cross that I might be with him for eternity. There is no better subscription, especially on a tough day. And so today, May God remind you of those moments in your life where he rescued you. May he remind you of those moments where your sins were forgiven 
and washed away completely. May he remind you of those moments where he united you with his own body and blood in the sacrament of the altar. May he remind you of those great moments in your life where you were able to almost tangibly feel his rescue. And out of those moments, may you cry out in worship, I subscribe. Amen.